When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on in to the Wolverine Live. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas. Thank you to people joining us live. Also, viewers slash listeners after the fact as well. Please like the video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. Five-star review if you're listening on the audio version. I got my turnover buffs on. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas. CB, what's going on? How do I look? You look great. Are those? I was asking you earlier, are those the actual turnover buffs? I think those are like $500 sunglasses, aren't they? Yeah, no, I think they're more than that. The actual ones, okay. they're like twelve hundred. These are from the M Den. Okay. Um, so these are about twenty bucks. Will Johnson selling them? You know, so That's hilarious, awesome. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, we see a bunch of them in, in Michigan Stadium this year, and hopefully, uh, they're using them a lot. So we'll see. No doubt. Um, we are brought to you tonight by Bird Dogs. Uh, rundown of the show. We'll talk about Jim Harbaugh and the NCAA stuff. Doesn't seem like there will be a suspension this season for Harbaugh. Things drag on into the next offseason. We also have a cameo from Chris's cat. Not my cat. Okay, not his cat. A cat. (laughs) A cat. A potential stray cat that has joined the mix. A special guest on the podcast. But we'll talk about all the Jim Harbaugh stuff, and then we will get into a bunch of different questions from folks on our message board over at thewolverine.com. Also, your comments in the YouTube chat, so get those in right now uh and we will answer those after the opening segment but as i mentioned we are brought to you by bird dogs you know what make you makes you look good bird dogs bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better i can attest to that i have both bird dogs much better they fit way better than regular shorts too uh, that are made of stiff restricting cotton bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long they sent us some uh and actually had some beforehand at cb how do you like your bird dogs they sent wearing us them right wearing them right now and i wore them up in canada and nice. uh, absolutely loved them i got a ton of compliments in fact canada mike uh who invited us up there is gonna buy some because he liked uh liked the way mine fits so much i wasn't quite sure how to take that nor am i quite sure how to take this uh this photo but uh you know what um it was uh but i'm happy with them i love them i got some golf pants too they're fantastic so thank you bird dogs very much uh, i couldn't recommend them more highly yeah all weekend i was going back and forth between the shorts and the joggers they sent us so it's not just shorts too they got really comfortable joggers and if canada mike or anyone else wants to get in on bird dogs go to birddogs.com slash wolverine or enter the promo code wolverine at birddogs.com you will get a free hat with your purchase so no reason not to put in promo code wolverine or go to birddogs.com slash wolverine you won't want to take your bird dogs off we can promise you that I am going to take these turnover buffs off, though, because I didn't get a turnover. I don't deserve to wear them. Not yet. Not yet. I will get a turnover maybe at some point this season. Uh, Let's talk about Jim Harbaugh 
and the NCAA, you know, big news over the weekend that the proposed or, you know, potential negotiated resolution with the NCAA for his level one violation uh, is now off the table. Uh, it, uh, you know, has the deals basically off uh, at this point. It will now go likely to a hearing with the NCAA's committee on infractions. Uh, as everyone knows, it was kind of trending towards a potential four game suspension with that resolution but fell through uh, CB your, your instant reaction as you're up in Canada and you get this, you see this news. Well, we broke the news on our message board. I know Yahoo took credit for it, but we posted it there hours before they did. I'm sure you saw it. So um, that, that was what uh, was being, uh, those were the rumblings. Those were the, the, basically that's what we heard from people close to it. So uh, I was stunned. I was in the pool when I was writing the, the message board post, believe it or not, uh, which was fantastic. But um, to me, this is this is uh, the NCAA is gonna is gonna NCAA is what it boils down to. And you got a guy with a, a Alabama, a couple of Alabama degrees, coming out and speaking about it. And uh, according to Dan Wetzel from Yahoo, uh, basically saying, you know, going against their own bylaws of not speaking on something like this. So. Um, you've got to imagine that Jim Harbaugh has a case if he wants to fight it. Ideally, in speaking with people close to it, um, you know, it would have been resolved this year. And maybe, uh, you know, I don't I don't know that it's completely out of the question uh, that it that, that something could still happen in, in 2023. Let's put it that way. But I think it's more likely that this thing drags on. Hopefully Michigan digs in and says this is ridiculous. And, you know, when they say it's not about a burger, what I can say is, you know, it's about you know, buying a kid a burger that when he came on a visit, uh, you know, an impromptu visit or whatever. Uh, it's not like they scheduled it from what I've heard. But uh, long story short is that, that, you know, I think Jim Harbaugh firmly believes that Michigan has his back. I do believe that there is a contract ready to be signed by him that wouldn't prevent him from going back to the NFL. But it would certainly, you know what, at least it would uh, appear, make it appear that uh, he was thinking about staying here long term. Uh, but I don't think it will be signed just because it would look bad to the NCAA at this point if they signed him to a new deal. It looked like would look like they were thumbing their nose at him. So I would expect that to drag on as well. So here we are. Yeah, basically the story is the NCAA can thumb its nose at Michigan and, and Jim Harbaugh, but Michigan can't do it back. And it's smart that they're not at this point. But the the guy with a couple of Alabama degrees that you are mentioning, Derek Crawford, NCAA vice president for hearing operations. But I'll read his statement which was unprecedented yeah from all sorts of people that have covered this on a national scale you know covering michigan we haven't covered a ton of ncaa violations but they're saying uh completely unprecedented but this is from Derek crawford uh, vice president at the ncaa's hearing operation says the michigan infractions case is related to impermissible on and off campus recruiting during the covid 19 dead period and impermissible coaching activities not a cheeseburger it is not uncommon for the Committee of Infractions to seek clarification on key facts prior to accepting. If the involved parties cannot resolve a case through the negotiated resolution process, it may proceed to a hearing, but the committee believes cooperation is the best avenue to quickly resolve issues. So basically, then you get not a direct response to this, but Harbaugh's attorney, Tom Mars, who, uh, as many people who college, uh, follow college sports know, uh, has done a really great job with a lot of these high-profile cases is tweeting saying, hey, not again, not really directly, but tweeting out the bylaws of the NCAA, how, you know, the, they cannot release statements or talk about this stuff before it goes to a trial. I mean, it's kind of tainting, in my opinion, the, the trial 
process or the hearing that's going to happen likely after this season. And then, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where the NCAA is tainting its own process. And it feels like a desperate move to me from a guy who couldn't get the negotiated resolution done before this hearing, which was kind of his goal with Jim Harbaugh in the NCAA. Your, your, you know, thoughts on, on him making this statement. It's a joke. Uh, you know what? And it's like, I think it was Stuart Mandel from the athletic saying that no, in, in 20 years, he hasn't seen the NCAA do something like this. So why are you right. trying to make an example of Jim Harbaugh about a level two violation that, you know, becomes level one because he says he doesn't remember something, but uh, more than anything, I think right now, is, uh, you know, people are, are, that's people that I've spoken with are like, okay, guys like Tom Mars, with all due respect, and I, I like Tom Mars and what obviously what he's doing here, uh, the leaks and things like that need to stop and, and it needs to sort itself out with as little interference as possible, you know, with as few people talking to the media as possible. Uh, I don't think that helps Michigan's case. And, you know, we wrote our piece on it on Sunday. That's all we're going to say about it, other than what we've continued to say about the NCAA for years. And I'm not going to change my stance on that. The hypocrisy, the absolute hypocrisy. Uh, and I, I got to tell you, some of the things that we've heard about what other schools get away with, particularly, um, you know, south of the Mason-Dixon line, not a shock to anybody. You know, I'll go back to what a kid told me about when he visited down there and, he, and they tried to set him up with some, uh, I don't even want to talk about it. it I, I probably shouldn't say it, but it's, it was horrible. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me that this is, this is happening. And this is what the NCAA has chosen to focus on. To me, it's absolutely ridiculous. So uh, the sooner it's resolved, the better. Is it going to scare Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL? You know, is he going to have options? Who knows? If he wins three Big Ten championships in a row, you know, maybe it will. Maybe he will decide that he'd had enough of it. We know that he almost left for Minnesota. We, know, we don't know exactly what happened with the Broncos last year, but there was serious interest, it seems like, on both sides. So um, you, hope, you hope that this resolves itself, that Jim Harbaugh is here for another eight to 10 years. Like he said, you know, he wants to coach until he dies or whatever. Well, so in other words, hopefully maybe he's coaching for, you know, until another 25, 30 years here. Yeah, no doubt. From an on-field standpoint, I think this is nice for Michigan to, to kind of kick it down the road and potentially get this off the table, like for good, you know, maybe mm -hmm. next off season, depending on how the hearing goes. But to me, you're going into a season where, you know, expectations are sky high. I mean, they're number two in the AP poll. They're number two in the coaches poll. That's their highest ranking since 1991. You know, expectations are as high as they can get, and it feels warranted. I mean, this is the team that, you know, on paper, this is going to be Jim Harbaugh's best team. They've made the playoff the last two years, but on paper, they got to win the games. They got to play the games. You know, this feels like his best chance to win a national championship. I don't think it would have affected them in terms of wins and losses in those four games if Jim Harbaugh had to miss. Uh, but I do think that speed bump kind of being uh, not a factor, at least most likely anymore for this season, I think is is a positive for Michigan, even if it means, you know, potentially he's facing some sort of suspension in 2024. Um, I, I just think that the chance that it's off the table for good at some point is is something that, you know, I think outweighs the opportunity potentially for a suspension in 2024. But I think, you know, kind of clearing the deck for this year is good for Michigan that they're going to have their head coach out there. Interesting. Uh, what Now, what is this that just popped up here? Not a forbidden comment about any particular NCAA enforcement case, just some information about the NCAA's bylaws and internal ru rules regarding public comments by the COI. I'm guessing down there 
is that they are saying in their own bylaws that they're not allowed to talk about it. Yes. When in fact, right. Um, an institution including is, is okay. And the infraction shall not make public disclosures about a pending case until the case has been announced in accordance with prescribed procedures. Uh, wow. And that's from Tom Mars for people listening. Yes. Tom Mars, Harbaugh's attorney, tweeting the NCAA's own bylaws, 19.3.1, public disclosure. Uh, they basically they basically broke that. And something Dan yeah. Wetzel, too, wrote in his column, I believe, yesterday, that they didn't even call this in their in their statement alleged violations. Right. They called them infractions right. when there hasn't even been a notice of allegations officially right. given to Michigan. It hasn't gone to a hearing. And technically, the folks involved with the hearing aren't actually able to know the full details yet right. until the hearing. So it's so just you, completely unprecedented. So it certainly seems to me if this were case were to go to court or something like that, immediately you've got something where, okay, they broke this rule. This should be thrown out. Everything should be thrown out. Uh, that's, you know, my, I'm not a lawyer, but it, it certainly seems to me that's commonsensical that, Hey, uh, you guys screwed up and uh, right. you know what? And, and it's over. And so we'll see where it goes from here. But now, you know, maybe maybe the NCAA uh, has, you know, more incentive to, to bargain or to negotiate or whatever. But uh, long story short, uh, this whole thing is a joke. The only people that I've seen out there that don't think so are like one set of rival fans in particular. I mean, even Ohio State fans are like, you know, this is hilarious. And, you know, what a, yeah. what a just joke. And the SEC teams in the SEC are laughing all the way to the bank, you know, saying this is crazy. Um, so you know what it is what it is it's it was i don't think it's going to be a distraction i think once they start playing football games you know what it's going to be just fine you look at the, the programs that actually do break rules regularly and go on to win championships it hasn't prevented them from doing that i don't see why it would be any different for michigan this year these guys are focused they've got great leadership and they understand what they're playing for and what they're going out there for yeah kansas won the national championship in basketball right after bill self basically got away with with doing <laughs> You know, I mean, he he hardly got punished. What was it like? Yeah, games against That's whoever. Absurd. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, they can still have success. I think this not being a distraction, uh, even less than it maybe would have been with the four game suspension, is a positive for Michigan here. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically where things stand. We'll see where it heads. Uh, technically, Michigan could still self impose something, but um, you know, it doesn't seem like anyone thinks that's necessarily likely at this point. Um, but Jim Harbaugh seems like we'll be on the sidelines for all 12 plus games of the 2023 season. We do have quite a few questions here from the fort, our premium message board over at the Wolverine.com. If you're not a part of it, go join us right now. It's a perfect time to join fall camp Intel CB just had some uh, Saturday scrimmage Intel up today. We're going to have more practice Intel throughout fall camp and then leading into the season with all of our coverage inside the fort each and every week. Uh, all sorts of good stuff planned for this football season. But let's get into uh, some of these questions here. And first one comes from Garbo824. He wonders, who is the first off the bench at quarterback if there is a blowout in our first couple games? Great question. Um, I do want to make it clear that we do get Jim Harbaugh tomorrow at noon. Uh, Clay, I was going to ask you, who do you think is going to be the, the first reporter that asks the, about Jim Harbaugh's case, knowing that he can't talk about it? But yeah. uh, I'm, I wonder if anybody will bring it up. Uh, I'm guessing somebody will. I hope someone does. You yeah. know, it's probably yep. not going to be us, but I hope someone does. And then you get the no comment. Right. And yep. that'll basically show, you know, the difference. I think he's going to play it pretty smart. I think he's going to 
you know, basically give the no comment that he did at Big Ten Media Day. And then we'll be able we'll be able to see the contrast between his no comment and the NCAA, which is clearly leaked this to national reporters. Right. I mean, there's a reason why the guys that are getting this stuff are getting this stuff. Right. And then you get that that kind of rogue statement. Uh, yeah. You know, on Saturday. So. Right. Absurd. Anyway, back to your question, Garbo, and thank you for that, and thanks for your support on the on the fort as always. Your great poster. Um, Davis Warren had a really nice scrimmage yesterday, from what we heard. It was really zipping it. And uh, he continues to impress. Jack Tuttle uh, had a little incident uh, with one of the freshmen, I think, last week. And it happens in every camp. It's not a big deal. You know, guys get scrap a little bit. I think I called it a kerfuffle uh, in my Great article. Word. Thank Great you. <laughs> but uh, I think that, you know, so he's been, you know, moved down a little bit. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if it were Davis Warren. In fact, I think he would be the guy. Um, now, how's he going to play in a game? You don't know because – he hasn't had that opportunity, really. I mean, he has thrown a couple balls, but when it matters, yeah. could he be the right. guy? So I think he would maybe get first shot. You got Jack Tuttle, who's played in a lot of games there. So I think those are obviously two and three. In what order, I don't really know. Alex Orgy struggled throwing the ball a little bit over the weekend. Um, he's improved, but he's more of an athlete at this point than a quarterback, which can obviously change. You know, we might see it with Joe Milton this year, for example. So, But uh, to me, it's Davis Warren. Uh, pretty clearly at this point and can certainly change by the end of camp. Right. It, it could certainly change. We saw the backup quarterback job change throughout last season. You know, I think there was like one week where Alan Bowman traveled one week. Right. Where Davis Warren traveled um, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, in also game one is different than if it's game seven and they need a guy to come in and start a week, then I wouldn't be shocked if it's, if it's maybe Jack Tuttle who started five games in the big 10, but yeah, I've gone back and forth between Tuttle and Davis Warren, um, you know, in terms of predicting going into camp, but it sounds like Warren with the edge right now. And then this question ties in from Blue Monster, longtime poster over at the fort. Uh, he's wondering, is that number two quarterback going to be Cade McNamara good, Shea Patterson good, or Joe Milton bad? Uh, yeah. Okay. Joe Milton bad, obviously meaning what he didn't accomplish at Michigan. So right. he's not, he, I don't think there's any way he's that in my opinion. Um, but you don't know until the, and like until Phil Martelli says Michigan's basketball assistant until the popcorn's kept popping, you don't know what guys are going to do on the big stage. And, you know, John O'Corn was a perfect example of that, had some really good practices. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get into games and you have one good game against Purdue. And then after that, you know what, uh, didn't quite live up to it. So uh, in my opinion, I think he would be, um, well, he's, you know what, he's got a better arm than Cade McNamara, frankly. And, uh, you know, he's got more zip on the ball. So it's hard to say. I would say maybe between a, a McNamara and a Patterson coming out of the gate, but uh, it's really impossible to know. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that would be very good. Yeah, um, 100%. I, I think here's what he needs to be. Wilton Spate 2015 at Minnesota. There you, you know, go. Can he make some plays? Wilton Spate was was clutch too in his career. Mm -hmm. Some of those throws. Um, in you know, Minnesota, next year at Ohio State and overtime, he makes a, a huge throw. You know, he wasn't great all the time. I don't think this next quarterback is going to be generational. You know, the guy after JJ, if he has to come in, but can they make a few plays, use the guys around them? Remember, there's a lot of talent around this backup quarterback if he has to come in as well, you know, he won't be playing with the other backups. He'll be playing with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and Roman Wilson and the offensive line. So that that's important to note as well. Um, Amazing Blue also asks who starts off at quarterback too. So we kind of covered that. Um, 
And then this question as well, I think this is from Amazing Blue. Looking into next year, gun to your head, who is our starting quarterback if J.J. leaves? He says, you to know be what? honest, I'm liking Alex Orgy. I don't think so uh, at this point. Um, I think Davis Warren might be more likely at this point. At this point, right. uh, maybe maybe even more likely is you go out and get a portal guy who is – uh, you know, a, a fifth year guy somewhere at some school, you know, you look like a Russell Wilson type, you know, that be, would be awesome, but, um, you know, but Caleb somebody Williams. like that, right. Somebody, yeah, exactly. Just somebody, you know, some clown off the street like that. Yeah. Uh, but no, but somebody who has proven himself and he has a lot of skills and wants to come into a position where he knows he's going to be protected by an outstanding offensive line. And, um, you know, he's going to have good skill position players around him, great defense and a chance to do something uh, and win something again. I, for all the talk about how much Michigan loses in 2024 or potentially loses. And again, I'm not convinced J.J. McCarthy doesn't come back, especially if Jim Harbaugh is here next year, which we expect he will be. But uh, you look at the guys that are coming back. You look at Mason Graham, who had an unbelievable scrimmage. This this, you know, what that interior defensive line, they're gonna be guys back on the one year, one more year plan, right? That you can convince to come back, I think. And um, you're gonna have a ton of talent. Kit Kenneth Grant, I can go right down the list. Maybe Junior Colson comes back on the one more year. You know, you got Ernest Hausman who's really rising at linebacker. You got Will Johnson who's gonna be back and he's gonna be an elite cornerback. You've got young corners there that are rising. I think you can get Rod Moore back on the one more year plan. Let's go right down the list. You know what? Let's look at the offensive line with Miles Hinton with guys like that. Um, you know, there's ton of, there are a ton of them. So um, I think that's probably the most likely uh, in my opinion, Clay, if I had to go other, I would go other. Yeah. Of the guys on the roster, I would say it's Davis Warren. I don't think that's a huge hot take. It's basically between mm -hmm. him and Alex Orgy, Jack Tuttle, does not have a seventh year in college football. Uh, maybe he'll appeal for it, but I don't think the NCAA likes Michigan so much right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, but I, I agree with the transfer. Uh, I know we've talked about this in the past, but like a Sam Hartman, like how Notre Dame got. I mean, I think it could be something similar to that where kind of a mid-tier, you know, college quarterback comes in at the very least. You know, maybe there is a Caleb Williams. Who knows? Um, but, no, I would expect something like that. Uh, wheels one, one, three, two says, and this goes right with what you're talking about with Will Johnson being elite in 2024. I think he's going to be elite this year as mm -hmm. well. He says, Will Johnson can be the best Michigan corner since blank. I thought about this a little bit beforehand. You could go a couple different ways with it. Um, you know, right now he's probably the best corner since, I mean, it's, it's tough to say at, at his best moments last year were better than anything I thought DJ Turner did, but yeah, but DJ Turner played more and, and had more snaps and everything else. Jordan Lewis, David Long right now, but I think he he has a real opportunity to surpass those guys. Yeah, I'd say, you know, Leon Hall was underrated here, uh, and I think that he is uh, a little bit different type of player, but he's got that same swagger, and I think he's a little more athletic than Leon Hall, who was a, a great athlete and played really extremely well, even in the pros. So, uh, you know, it, you can't go out there and say this guy's going to be the next Charles Woodson because there was one Charles Woodson and you may right. never see another one like him, a guy that won the Heisman trophy and could do everything. But um, to me, he can be in that next category, the Ty law types, you know, that, that just yeah. right up there who is just really all American potential. Let's put it that way. And we saw it last year. Uh, we're going to see more of that. This kid is special. 
Uh, and you know what? All the all of these guys that have kids. You look at Aiden Hutchinson's dad, Chris Hutchinson, and Deion Johnson. You know what? Keep uh, keep spitting them out, guys, because we'll take all the ones you got. <laughs> there you go. Got the turnover buffs. <laughs> you kill me, Clay. But that's you, the man. thing. Will Will Johnson yeah. comes in. Yeah. Creates a new tradition with the turnover buffs. You know, he's yeah. kind of the leader of that class that is star-studded, yep. as you talked about, Mason Graham, all these other guys. Yep. You gotta love it with these yeah. with these legacy guys coming in. Yep, yeah, I do. And I so I think that something right right around there, which is fantastic. Right. I think he's gonna be a first round pick by the mm-hmm. time he's done at Michigan after his junior year. Um, I like this question. BMF is wondering, are we expecting to see some new wide receiver routes designed for this year with Campbell? replacing Weiss as quarterbacks coach. Did he also take over passing game coordinator role? That is not in his title. No, that is not in his title, but Roman Wilson talking about it the other day where, you know, he says, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back to the sideline. Coach Kirk will draw something up. You know, we talk about what we like. He draws up what we like, that sort of thing. You know, coach Kirk Campbell is, is very involved in this offense. It's going to be collaborative, but he's, you know, he has offensive coordinator experience at old dominion. Yep. And they clearly saw something out of him last year, especially at the end of the year, JJ said, where he started working closer with him, you know, that he can he can be a real asset for this offense. Yeah, and Sharon flat out told me in our exclusive interview with him for the football preview that Kirk Campbell was somebody he advocated for, that he was a guy who had a desk next to him last year and was uh, important in helping them design things and, and everything else. So, but I, what I loved the most is – that he went to these guys, he went to JJ and he went to Roman Wilson and the receivers and said, what are you most comfortable with? What do you like that we aren't doing that you think will work? And to get that kind of input and uh, to me is fantastic. It's great leadership because, you know, what? then you play to your strengths, you see if it works. You know, you don't just automatically say, okay, we're going to do that just because you want to. But if it goes out there and in practice, it works, then guess what? You're, you're going to run it. So he reminds me of Jed Fish in that respect, in that, you know, he's always looking. And I think he's going to be uh, invaluable uh, in, invaluable as a, as a quarterback's coach, as a guy that's going to really help in the passing game. So, uh, and we've heard great things about his recruiting as well. So, yes. uh, to me, I, I think there's no question that you're going to see some a, a little bit of a difference there uh, in the passing game this year. Yeah, from everything that we've been able to see, since Kirk Campbell was hired back in what January or February, that does not include games. So he's got to go prove it. And, you know, we'll see how his quarterbacks play and how some of these past, uh, pa- you know, some of this past game stuff plays out. But so far, I mean, a plus, it seems like from recruiting. To a what plus all plus. Guys, yeah. A plus plus as Jim Harbaugh would say from recruiting to what all these guys have talked about. It's been, it's been pretty impressive. And then sticking on Kirk Campbell, M shark FB says Campbell has clearly made an impact on the passing offense with the continued assertion that Michigan is looking to be as balanced as possible, how much of the additional passing will come from an increase in RPO tags? Mm-hmm. How much will come from an expanded play-action game? Is it safe to say some of the increase will come from those two areas, or will we see an increase in a somewhat redesigned drop-back passing game as well? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Yeah, I want to ask more about the RPOs, and I don't think Sharon Moore was asked that um, at the press conference we had with him. We didn't no. get to it, and um, but I think when we get Kirk Campbell, that will be something that we ask him, and I think it's something that's imperative, and uh, Mr. Shark FB is is one of the elite posters on the fort. Uh, we're going to have a role for him in doing some analysis this fall, uh, as a matter of fact, so um, to me, that's critical and um but i do think more play action and you've got the stats clay what what jj didn't play action last year compared to you know dropping back was it was pretty pretty impressive yeah so i have the stats on this and then i have the stats also on rpos so jj led the nation last year with 13.9 yards per attempt on play action you can also thank blake corum and the offensive line for that right obviously plays a factor but that's complimentary football uh, they did not run it much. Only 80 attempts on play action. Uh, there were dozens and dozens of quarterbacks that had more attempts than him. And I will say, you know, you look at game by game, how many times it went play action. Some of the games where they're they're winning by a lot. Even, Jim Harbaugh will even hold back play action passes as if it's some you know something revolutionary to the game. Uh, but JJ McCarthy also in RPOs ranked 11th nationally in passer rating on RPO throws. 41st with 7.7 yards per attempt on RPO passes. Uh, he was one of five quarterbacks in the country to have 100% of his RPO passes be deemed catchable by Sports Info Solutions. He was 24 of 28, 216 yards, uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions. His 28 attempts, though, ranked 100th in the country. So Michigan did not run a lot of those this year. I think Kurt Campbell can be big with that. There was a clip that went around uh, about a month or so ago of Kurt Campbell teaching uh, at like a high school, you know, coaches conference, teaching the RPOs, showing some clips of practice. Uh, so I think, you know, indicate there that that he's going to be involved with that. Um, let's see. Let's go down to CT Blue 72. Outside of Penn State, which road game concerns you the most and why? Another great poster. Uh, we're going right yes, down the is. list here, man. Royalty. Um, you know what? That's a great question because there are a few. And if I, you know, right now, Maryland before Ohio State, um, you know, they don't scare you, but the timing of that game and, and where it is on the schedule, look at Illinois last year, right at home, Maryland yep. has given Ohio State fits a couple of times before they played Michigan and should have won one of those two games that they lost, I think in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, on a two point conversion where uh, the guy was kid was wide open. But um, you know what, Minnesota? is one after Nebraska, uh, who knows what Nebraska is going to bring to the table. You know, usually Nebraska isn't good. Matt Rule's not good until a second or third year somewhere, but they've got a little bit of talent and that atmosphere is unbelievable. Now it's not going to phase some of these Michigan kids, I think who have been in these environments before, but um, you know, it's certainly one of those three. And uh, if you, you know what, I'd probably say, I'd probably say Minnesota. They've got about eight or nine guys coming back. I think that we're on at least one all Big Ten team. So there is some talent there. P.J. Fleck uh, is, is a decent coach. So, um, you know, we'll find out. Yeah, I, I'm torn between Minnesota and Maryland. The mm -hmm. Maryland game, too. Like you said, I mean, we saw Michigan struggle. I know there were injuries in that game. But against Illinois last year, there have been a few times over the last four or five decades where Michigan has, has tripped up in that spot. One of them being when it was going to be, I think against Minnesota, right? When in right. Uh, 1986, it was going to be Bo Schembechler was going to become the winningest coach in Michigan football history until he wasn't, until he became that against Ohio state the next right. week. Um, but this would be the thousandth win for Michigan at Maryland. If they're undefeated going into that game. So could be something, 
that that plays a factor there. But yeah, it's between those two. I think both teams also have really good weapons on offense. Minnesota, I don't know about their quarterback. I can't even pronounce his name. He's so Greek. But um, <laughs> but I do like their wide receiving core. I like their tight end. And same with Maryland. You know, and those teams are dangerous when you're playing yeah. on the road. I uh, yep. do think Nebraska is going to be a noon game from what we've heard. So that um, lessens the the concern level, I would say, for that game. Maize and Blue, just a great, you know, straight up username there over on the fort. He says, does the Texas game next season get canceled? Does it get replaced with Oregon, Washington, maybe even a Stanford or Cal instead? I mean, I don't I don't know. But if they go to 10 games, conference games or something like that, you'd have to you'd have to. Otherwise, Michigan schedule may be the hardest in of all time. Right. So I, I don't think it will because uh, TV really wants it and money talks. Right. And that's one of the things that they made sure that they kept in place when they you know, signed the new deal. Um, but I don't think you'll see, for example, Oregon or Washington on the Michigan schedule as well. So I think you keep Texas and then I think you swap. Uh, yeah, I think, in fact, maybe Michigan's schedule remains the same, you know, and you add those other teams in and, and, force them to make some different changes in, in, uh, in their schedule. But yeah, I don't think so. And I don't think it will be a 10 game slate. I think it will remain nine. I agree. So, yep. Um, so I don't, I think that you will see Michigan play Texas uh, next year and excited about that one. You can't go to 10 if the sec is going to stay at eight. I mean, right. it just makes no sense. No, like why, zero. why cannibalize yourselves? Just right. get as many teams as you can in the playoff. Right. Uh, yeah. would be the theory, even though you're going to go to, you know, potentially 20 teams. Right. In the big, the big just, 10, but yeah, it's just so dumb. It, it's crazy. Yep. Um, Jay Sherba, I mean, another legendary poster says elite. Uh, he's very elite. One of the comments made previously about Penn state has been that they're better built to beat Ohio state than they are to beat a bully ball Michigan team. Do you think this, ver this version of the Nittany lions is better prepared to stop Michigan's run game? If not, which Michigan opponent do you think is best equipped to challenge the Wolverines in the trenches? Uh, great question. And everybody's like, well, look what happened last year. That's what's going to happen the following year. It never works that way, folks, hardly ever, you know, and I think you will see improvement from Penn state. Uh, they said they had to get bigger, faster, stronger. I think you'll see that they, that they'll be better and they'll be going to be tough out at home. If there's one game that Michigan's going to lose on the road and I've, I've predicted that they might, uh, it's Penn state. Now I'm, you know, I could change my mind as we get closer to that game. We'll see how they do, you know, going into it, but before in the preseason, you know, yeah, that's the toughest game on paper. It's three months away. Yeah. Right. Ohio state. Right. So um, other than that, uh, you know what? And I think people will probably be looking at that TCU game and their approach and stopping the Michigan run and saying, you know, um, and saying, can we emulate that? Um, so, uh, but you have to have the athletes. And I think I think Penn State will be better. I don't think they'll stop Michigan's run, no. And I think by the fourth quarter, you're going to see them do what Hassan Haskins did to them a couple of years ago. And, you know, you're going to wear them down uh, with that approach. So, uh, other than that, uh, Ohio State, clearly, you know what? People can say whatever they want to. They are the most talented probably on paper. They're right there with Michigan in the Big Ten. They're going to have... Uh, guys that that can uh, that can hang on the defensive line. We saw them stifle Michigan's running game for a good portion of that game last year, uh, until you know the the dam broke at the end there. But um, they're going to be tough, and I think you're going to see a different approach from Jim Knowles next year or this year uh, compared to last year when he was you know crashing blitz in every play and seemed like just really uh, really helped played into Michigan's hands there. Yeah. I agree. I, I think Penn State, too, 
will be better equipped to to stop Michigan's run game. I don't think that's saying a whole lot, though, considering you know Michigan rushed for over 400 yards. Like, yeah, it's probably going to be better. I mean, just from the fact that you're at home, uh, you know, you do have a better team. I I don't know though which one Penn State is is built better to beat Michigan or Ohio State. Um, you know, I could go either way on that. I I, I just mm-hmm. think that. These three teams are clearly in the top three. Michigan, Ohio State, a little bit of an edge there in that top two, uh, doing part to you know one of those three teams is coached by James Franklin, uh, and the other two are, are not. But yeah, I th- Penn State's going to be really fascinating to watch because I think the Michigan game getting blown out there really did kind of cloud a lot of people's view on what that Penn State team was. They still won ten games or eleven games. They won the Rose Bowl. They were in the game against Ohio State towards the end. So that was still a really good team last year and they have a lot coming back. Yeah, and let's be um, clear, the venue yeah. is 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 huge, you know, yeah. going to Ohio State is compared to playing them at home. So, uh, I think that's going to play a, a huge factor in it and Michigan playing at Penn State, that's been a tough game just about every single year that you play there. And so, uh, to me that's going to be as critical as anything. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be another noon game there at Penn State. It's going to be fun. Uh, that crowd's going to be into it, but um, you know, that one could go either way. I'm excited for my first trip to I'm excited Happy for you. State College. Yeah. The Ohio State one worked out okay, didn't it? It did. One and oh down there. <laughs> I don't know. I think my dad's three and oh. So nice. Safety's fair pretty well down there. Yeah. yeah. Well, your dad's gonna be like 104 years old and we're gonna be dragging him down there, whether he wants to go or not. You tell right. him he said that. <laughs> right. All right. Um, no, yeah, I will be making him go. Yeah. Sure. Um this one from 91 Northview Wolverine. So Northview is in my the man. That's my man, uh, my, my alma mater, and I know this yep. guy. Nice young man, absolutely, from back in the day. Awesome. Uh, will superior coaching and player development be enough to sustain the football program and overcome NIL? He's coming with the hard-hitting questions. Those guys from mm-hmm. Northview, they don't mess around. They don't mess around. And uh, you know what? Transfer portal will help. Depends on who's coaching the team. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is obviously elite. You know what? If you get Sharon Moore coming in there, I think he would do a nice job recruiting as well. But they need to get – uh, the NIL up to speed and Jim Harbaugh is one of the elite coaches in football period end of story in the last uh, two, three decades, looking at his record and what he's accomplished at the highest levels uh, of football. And so wherever he's been, he's, you know, gotten right there to the pinnacle. And the only reason he didn't win a Super Bowl was because of a bad call with all due respect to John Harbaugh and uh, you know, getting to the playoff um, now and beating Ohio State the way they have the last two years is is pretty remarkable. Let's be honest, right? So uh, compared to the inherent disadvantages they have when it comes to recruiting, number one, because of how they won't operate, which again is part of the irony of what, all this crap with the NCAA, and number two, an NIL program that just is not where it needs to be. And I don't give a damn what anybody says about you know what, uh, oh, we don't know that this and so on and so forth. No, they, they aren't where they need to be. They're working on it. I love the champion circle and all they're trying to accomplish, but they need more administrative support in my opinion. And they need to get it up there where if they're not going to be doing the pay for play thing, Clay, then they need to have that money in place where kids can have those opportunities the second they get on campus and know that they're going to be there. Yeah, I think you can compete at the level they're currently at. If you, if you get classes between number five, number 10, you know, maybe 12 on the, you know, on the down years, but it's harder than ever to do that without a strong NIL game. So it's kind of tough. The transfer portal, as you mentioned, I mean, what they brought in nine guys this year, that's a yep. all-time record for Michigan in terms of at least in the modern area that I can, that I can look back at. Um, so they're, they're adapting there. They brought in some guys that are going to contribute right away. And there's no reason to believe they're not going to continue to do that down the road, but 
you still need some of those homegrown guys. And when we say, well, they're doing NIL for the current players and they're doing the one year, one more year fund and everything else. Well, you need those current players to be very good, you know, to keep around to then be, you know, an even better team the next season. So that, that has to start somewhere. And a lot of that yeah. is going to be through the high school ranks and you got to up your game. Similar question comes from 99 TT player TT 99. Another great uh, team on the fort all the time. I never have actually spelled that out, but does Michigan actually have donors wielding money cannon cannons, or are we finding out that we don't have that in our arsenal? Like other school do like other schools do. So then what he asked and, and to that, I will say, I think the Michigan donors have that money probably more than most other schools, but a couple things. One, it seems like this is very clear. There is a lack of organization compared to those other schools that had a leg up. Let's be honest that we're already organized before NIL became legal. And two, I feel like a lack of urgency to get up to speed, which, you know, for whatever reason that they're not creating that urgency right now for the people that they have connections with. Uh, they're doing, Everything they can from you know, Jim Harbaugh's standpoint, the football program standpoint, from Valiant Management, Champion Circle, but I just feel like they they need a little bit more support from the athletic department. Yeah, I'm not begging for money for a scoreboard before I'm begging for money for to to take care of my players because there's not going to be anybody watching that scoreboard. You know, if if you don't have a winning program in that stadium, you're going to be going back to the days of you know selling two tickets with a, a two liter of Coke or something like that. So that's the most important part, and that's what people aren't understanding. And these donors are like, okay, what do well, what, what am I supposed to do with my money? And everything looks good right now. We're we're recruiting at a high level. But, you know, it's the blockbuster video thing that Chris Partridge and some of these other guys were talking about. You know, yeah, we're on top now. In three years, you know what? We could be dead if we don't adapt and if we don't get on board here. So they need to do a better job convincing some of these guys, and that includes everybody, not just guys like the Champion Circle who, again, are doing a fantastic job, but guys, uh, you know, at the top levels of the athletic department and everybody else supporting this. As you've talked about and written a few times, you know, a lot of these guys may say, well, what's, you know, they got a good class coming in 2024. They're winning. They just won two straight Big Ten championships. You know, where's the, you know, why do we have this urgency for it? Um, yeah, I guess, you know, that's something they have to overcome. You know, maybe it's mm -hmm. easier for Miami to say, hey, we need to get up to speed with the Michigans of the world and take their recruits. Right. right. Um, but that's a hurdle that you have to overcome and one that's being overcome at other schools. So you got to get up to speed. Yeah. Um, doubt. Amazing. I do want to say one other. I do want to say one last thing though about the transfer portal. You don't want to get to the point where you're getting 15, 16 guys in the transfer portal and, and turning Agreed. over. When you when you talked about you know what you need to have those guys in that culture ingrained in these guys. That's where it needs to be. Nine to me is is should be like the max or ten. Otherwise, you're doing something wrong in my opinion. And and whether that's nil or or anything else, um, but you know, and Jim Harbaugh, and we get we need to be clear here too that Jim Harbaugh has said that they are going to be transformational not transactional so he does not want to pay for players what he wants to do is to get those ducks in a row so that when kids get here they are going to they're going to be able to take full advantage of their name image and likeness and there is right. a difference and once the there's more data on that right then you can sell that to a recruit and say hey this is what all of our guys made and right. that's that's kind of the pitch without doing pay for play um let's see we were just moving on to amazing blue who says will we see more of jj mccarthy running the ball using his legs as a weapon i mean more probably i i will say i don't know that they're going to do a ton more designed runs except for in some of those bigger games we saw mm -hmm. it against penn state big run in the first half we saw it against ohio state really in that second half we saw it tcu probably 
later than we should have, I thought. Uh, so maybe a little bit more in those circumstances. But JJ said last week, I got to run more. And I think what he's referring to there is, hey, first option's not there. Second option's not there. Maybe third. But when you got a lane, you got to take it. And that's something he talked about last year, too. He was pretty open about how he was still figuring out how to do that. Um, and I, I think he's going to be much better with his feel back there in terms of when to take off. Yeah, you basically said everything I would have said, as usual. So it's almost like you've been following the Wolverine for, for 15 years or something like that, man. It's like my little clone. Uh, I, but I will, I will tell you this. Um, Charles Woodson told him the same thing, Clay, is that yeah, that's right. uh, he said, you know what? You've got God-given ability, man. Don't be afraid to run. And I think you're going to see more of that. Uh, and as Jim Harbaugh said, I think at Media Day, he said, yeah, I'd love to see him get down, though, and you got to be careful, right? Because there is a big difference between number one and number two quarterback, and uh, especially when you are generational, as Jim Harbaugh has called him. And Amazing Blue, an, uh, Amazing Blue, another elite poster, by the way. It's he just is. we're getting the best of the best, man. Yeah, just because we haven't said elite doesn't mean you're not elite. Some of the people. Yeah, man, some sometimes, well, maybe. Well, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Not a, not a, all, these, all of the questions are from elite posters. There's no question. Let's go to one from YouTube, uh, Ben German or German, uh, saying, what's y'all's gut feeling? Harbs open up past game, first half of season, or more like last year. Uh, I think, you know, potentially a little bit more, you know, first half of the season, there aren't, you know, a ton uh, of tough games there in the first four games at least. But I think it's not going to be some huge concerted effort. What I do think it's going to be is that it's going to work a little bit more and, you know, inherently you're going to go to that a little bit more. And maybe in the first couple of games, you do it just to, you know, you increase that number a little bit just to work on it for when you need it. Yeah. And remember Hawaii, I mean, JJ McCarthy had several opportunities in that game. And, and I think he threw 18, 18 passes in that game. That's right. a lot for a, a blowout like that. Right. Exactly. He didn't play the whole game, obviously. And, right. um, but you know what, what was he 11 of 12 or something in the first half? Or, I think, I don't remember what Sounds it was, right, but it, yeah. it was, a, it was great. And, uh, but you want to be able to do it against better teams, like you said. So I think there are times that they will try it. Now let's be honest. There were times that they tried it last year in certain situations where the, okay, we're going to go air on this, this series. And, you know, it was a three and out or something like that. And it didn't work real well. So they went back to the ground game. So, but I think you will see a little bit more variety uh, in the passing game, which I, I am excited about, number one. And uh, they will have plenty of opportunities to try it out. But if you ask me uh, my gut feeling on um, are they going to come out slinging it and, and be speed and space, no. But some of it, uh, absolutely, I think you're going to see them uh, try to take more advantage. They've got elite tight ends, a couple of them. They've got wide receivers like Roman Wilson, who had a great spring game. Uh, I'm sorry, a great scrimmage just recently. You guys can read about that at the Wolverine.com as well. So I think they want to get those guys involved as well. You got to get Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards the ball too. Antoine Johnson wonders, do you think Michigan has any plans to run 22 formation? I would like to see Donovan and Blake on the field. I would also like to see more screen plays and Donovan catching out of the backfield. I don't know about 22, but maybe. 21 with a, with one tight end, mm -hmm. a couple wide receivers. But I think we're going to see those guys, whether that's Donovan in the slot, Donovan in the backfield together. But I think we are going to see it. I don't think it's going to be like every down or anything like that. I think you'll still see them, you know, um, spelling each other there and, and making sure that each other are fresh. But right. they have to be on the field together at, at times Without because doubt. it's just too dangerous. Yeah, and there is a difference between Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards as runners. Uh, there's no question in my mind that Blake Corum is going to get the majority of the carries, but you're going to see 
Donovan Edwards, as we saw, uh, again, go to the Wolverine.com to read about it. Uh, Donovan Edwards did some things in the passing game in this scrimmage recently where he is elite, and that's where he's at his best, right? Um, you know, not everybody's Blake Corum, and, and Donovan Edwards admitted that. He doesn't have that wiggle right now that Blake Corum has. And some of his bigger runs last year, Jim Harbaugh said, were the result of him you know, going where the, the hole wasn't and making something out of nothing. So I don't think Donovan Edwards is as good as that, that, but what he is good at, and as Mike Hart has said, his running backs coach, he said, you could put him as a slot receiver on any team in the country and he would be outstanding. I think you're going to see him used more that way. So you're going to have an option, you know, okay, got to keep an eye on Donovan Edwards out of the backfield, you know, or maybe in the slot. We got Blake Corum back there. You got to get your best athletes on the field. And I think that's, you're going to see more of that this year. Agreed. Uh, Last couple ones, let's do a basketball question. Chi-Town Blue wonders, is Jawan doing the program a disservice by seemingly only chasing five stars and then settling for leftovers? I mean, that's always kind of a theory, right? Like, you, you don't want to go after and put your resources into guys that maybe you can't get, and you have to identify the recruitments where is that a guy, a winnable five-star, uh, like maybe a Caleb Houston or a Musa Diabate, or is that a guy that's going to go to the highest bidder? sort of thing. I think it's tough right now with NIL, more and more guys are going to go to the highest bidder. So you got to find that that middle ground. It doesn't feel like they've kind of, you know, they've really figured out what their next phase of the recruiting strategy is going to be, but uh, curious your take on that. I think they are suffering more than anybody from the lack of a, an organized NIL presence. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Juwan Howard was really upset about that. And we'll get his take on it. Uh, in the press conference again this year to start the season. But last year he said the same thing. He said, you know what? It, we need to be better. We need to be better. I need to be better. We need to be better. He's not getting the support he deserves and needs in my strong opinion on that. So it's not just the five stars anymore, Clay. It's the four stars now that you can't yeah. land some of these in guys, the you know? Yeah. Right, exactly. And the transfers. Yeah. Uh, Olivier Kamwa, they got, um, you know, despite people trying to pull him in another direction just because he's like, you know, forget it, man. I want to go here, you know, even though he could have gotten more elsewhere. There's no doubt in my mind about it. So when Amari Burnett, Jawan Howard had a really good relationship with him and, and he's looking to revive his career. Now uh, promises are being made too, where these guys, you know, are, are being told this is what you can do with your NIL at Michigan. So you need to uphold those as well. And if that doesn't happen, that's going to put you further behind the eight ball. So that's another reason that they need these guys to step up some of these boosters, but yeah, long winded answer. But uh, to me, I think Jawan Howard is doing what he can uh, with the, what he's got at his disposal. Definitely. And we have one from amazing blue. Another question. I feel like he's gotten quite a few in, but does Jawan leave after this season? If he receives an enticing NBA offer, I mean, the chances of that, I feel like go up if he continues to not get, some of that support with NIL and it would be very frustrating if it were me, I'd be frustrated. And if you get people, you know, calling your phone or knocking at your door, you know, you'd be, you'd have a higher likelihood of, of answering. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's something that I think he would consider. I think Jace will be gone. Uh, so, um, is Jace a junior this year, senior next year? I forget. So yeah. Jace is a senior, but he was right, asked right. to, to be another. listed as a junior on the roster. So right, I think right. he probably plan to be there two more years. Yeah, right. So Including. you know what? Right. So maybe maybe a couple more years, whatever. But I would not blame him uh, again uh, unless Michigan ups its game here and, and their leaders and best when it comes to NIL. You know, I remember when John Beeline was here and he was trying to get new facilities and he's like, hey, man. Are we leaders and best in everything or just what you pick and choose? And that really got people moving. So hopefully people will listen to Juwan and what he needs 
because, uh, again, his back is against the wall, and it's not fair to him. We've seen what he can do when he's got, um, you know what, some resources at his disposal and, and recruiting and uh, coaching. So uh, let's give this guy a fair shake. No doubt. Um, last couple of questions before we get to them. Let's talk about our friends over at Rogue Shop. Rogue Shop. Uh, Richard and Char. Richard is a disabled combat veteran. Char, uh, we got to meet her as well. She is just as impressive. She sends a handwritten note with every package. Rogue Shop operates out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They work to not only grow and manufacture, uh, but also educate the population about THC-based medicines. If you're looking for products that can help with defu uh, help diffuse stress and anxiety or soothe chronic pain and insomnia, Rogue Shop's menu of products is here for you, and they're willing to hop on a live chat, give detailed feedback to prospective customers that might have any questions. We had a thread up on our message board from a poster unsolicited a couple weeks ago asking about you know what's right for him and mr rogue hops right on and he's selling these products on the message board it was awesome to see everybody connect over that we've gotten a lot of people reach out say that they've been helped by this rogue shop sells delta 8 delta 9 cbd and hhc products that are all lab direct without middlemen some of the psychoactive products they carry are gummies moon rocks pre-rolls flowers dabs diamonds lollipops hard candies and tinctures they also have um lip balms bath soaks soaps cbd flowers and hot cocoa massage oils pain creams and much more all products are handcrafted for consistently potent and perfect results you can use the promo code the wolverine all one word over at rogueshop.com for 10 percent off your purchase so again if you have any issues sleeping chronic pain and or have anxiety uh, rogue shop would like to help and again you can hop on a live chat with them to figure out exactly what suits you uh and go check out rogueshop.com use the promo code the wolverine um sticking with basketball we do have uh, another question from craig t who is another great poster talks a lot about basketball over on our message board will michigan hoops fill out their last two scholarships what is going on with hoops recruiting Jawan had a lot of success grabbing Hunter, Musa, Caleb, Kobe, and now struggling. NIL, the biggest factor, and I think, you know, we covered that that it is. But in terms of the two scholarships remaining, you can tell they're looking. I mean, they're mm -hmm. even looking in the JUCO ranks, right? They bring a kid in, uh, Kobe Campbell, for a visit. He leaves without an offer, but they wanted to see what was there. You know, so yeah. Jawan Howard and his staff throughout this offseason have really left no stone unturned to find talent. Now, some guys look like they led with at times. It falls through due to NIL. There's one, you know, admissions thing. Uh, they're looking, but right now there aren't a top, ton of options, even though, you know, we could see some pop up here in August with some of these graduates. It would have to be. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure they'll keep an eye on that. And I do think one of them will be filled. I think they need a guard. I don't think it's any question, but they're not going to take a guy that can't help them and give them a three, three years of scholarship like Kobe Campbell. If they feel that's the, the way, you know, that he can't help them, then, then you don't right. take them. It just doesn't make any sense. So then you can just use, a, you know, one of your walk-ons can fill that role. You know, we saw John Beeline do that with CJ Lee, David Merritt back in the day. And they were, contributors to NCAA tournament teams. So it's Absolutely. possible. Yep. But um, to me, yeah, I think you'll still see them uh, looking in that Avenue. They obviously aren't going to tamper with anybody, but they will keep a, be keeping a watchful eye on that. And then on the back channels, but both of them know one of them, it's still possible. 
yeah, it's, the only thing that would make sense, I feel like, with Kobe Campbell is offer him a preferred walk-on spot. You know, and right. then then you could go a scholarship for a year or something like that. But to commit, as you mentioned, to a scholarship for three more years, I think mm-hmm. when you could kind of bank one of those, um, if you don't feel like he can help you right away, I think that right. makes sense. Yep. Um, last one from Sasquatch six one six. My man, you know what's coming? He says, "Are the rumors true that at Chris Ballas smelled so much like booze when he returned home from Canada? He was searched at the border because he assumed." It was assumed he was illegally smuggling smuggling alcohol to avoid paying the duty. Can you confirm that? I can confirm that the stuff coming out of my pores was not just sweat. (laughs) And anytime you go to a Canada Mike and and Danielle party, uh, that's going to be the case. You know what? It's it's one of the best weekends of the year. It's always also one of the toughest weekends of the year to get through. So um, I can also confirm that there was about an hour and a half wait at the border. Um, I will not disclose the details of that, but, uh, it was longer than expected. I blame Siri for part of that. I think I should have gone to the tunnel instead of the bridge, you know, and then, you know, when I made a run for it, that didn't help. So that's, that's, no, that never works. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that, but it was a blast. And and thanks for asking him the Sasquatch six, one, six, another great poster from another, uh, great area code. Great area code. So nothing to be ashamed of though. Nothing to be, well, a little bit, a little bit to be ashamed of probably, especially up there during the party, you know, from what I remember, but you know what, my, I think my mom watches this, so we won't go into detail. Hi, Mrs. Ballas. How's it going? (laughs) Um, Sorry about that question. Yeah. So, (laughs) but I'm mad. I've got a quiche, I've got a quiche in the oven. So can we wrap this up? You know, absolutely. That was our last question from Sasquatch. So thank you to everybody for watching everybody listening after the fact as well. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button if you want Michigan to win the national championship. Also hit the subscribe button and head to the Wolverine.com as always for all of our Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting coverage. Perfect time to join right now. Scrimmage Intel, practice Intel leading right into the season. So thanks everyone for being with us and we will see you next time.